0: Hello, universe. Let's see what time we got. We got... 3.11. On the 10th of May. It's 3.11 in the morning. A.M. Because that's how we like to roll. Uh, Counterculturally? No. Um, When everyone else is asleep, we like to be up talking... So, counter-considerately? Maybe. Okay. Here we are. 51 episodes into I Could Be Right. Which, ironically, yesterday shuttled me into I could be, not only could be wrong, but am wrong territory twice. But um, providing the necessary definition to tie up a couple of circles that were just not working out in, uh, in the way that I was supposed to uh, interpret them. But uh, again, my fault. I just uh, I misunderstand so many things and then bluster my way through other things unintentionally trying to provide something that doesn't get received and yada yada. But all of that said, having the definition of those uh, emotional and time deposits uh, sew up has been liberating, as always, and gives me the opportunity now to turn my attention toward that falling in love thing, which I gotta say, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. It's a Bizarro World. But, uh, nothing more needs to be said there until there's something more worth saying. So I'll leave that alone. Until, uh, well, I'll leave that alone. The point of today is to not cry. After the last two episodes, or what, after the last two recordings, both ending with me hardly able to compose myself to speak, Well, we're not going to get there today. In fact, there's no way we're going to get there today because my list of nine are the nine things that I thought of off the cuff, just wrote them out, things that make us cry. Nine different occasions on which tears become part of the deal or something like that. So with that in mind, there's no way I'm going to cry. Um, I should never say that because no way I'm going to cry is definitely not true. In fact, there is one Simpsons episode that makes me cry every single time. If I ever see it, I just turn it off now. It's the one where Lisa and Bart, uh, are fighting on her birthday or something. And Michael Jackson, who shows up as a overweight homeless man, I think, um, helps Bart write a song to, uh, give to Lisa on her birthday. And frankly, that's an episode I can't make it through without bawling like a baby. So, to promise I'm not going to cry is to say I'll, in no way, shape, or form, run into that Simpsons episode in the next 14 minutes of life. And that could happen. So, I shouldn't promise anything. Um, Hmm. Nor should I promise any quality comedy at this hour when I've been up all night. And I like... A day that ends with tranquil thoughts and today ended with so many tranquil thoughts in places that I had been discombobulated for a month and that's good I mean the outcome of today didn't turn out the way I would hope but I, it doesn't matter I mean as long as the outcome is an outcome of of um, hmm of closure well then the outcome is the outcome and, uh, admittedly, I am an overwhelming beast of, uh, of too much activity. So, slow me down and misinterpret me. Do I, uh, do I find common uh, in uh, consistencies with the way I present myself versus the way I'm interpreting? And, yet again... Falling into that trap, I do. But that's all right. I get used to it. Um, And the downside is I always feel like... um, hmm, Like... Well, I don't always feel that way, so I can't say that. All right, let's see if I can stay on track and get back to something of coherent value. Um, The universe also gave me a couple of conundrums today that felt... um, worthy of um trying to solve, which involved um well, the idea of how much energy is too much energy to share with anyone um in a situation where there's no face-to-face interaction. Like the digital space has gotten strange in that you can have friends that you never actually see face-to-face. And I do not like that. In fact, I hate it. And so to find something in the 3D reality to do commonly to maintain friendship to me has always been a minimum. And no, I'm not on Facebook. No, I don't think TikTok is on any of my phones, nor will it ever be. And yeah, I get that if I don't have an Instagram account, what kind of life am I leading? Well, I'm leading one without an Instagram account, without a Facebook account, without any of it. I mean, this is it. I'm communicating right here. This is my communication to the world. The world wants more communication from me. I can't imagine why. So, here it is. So, Facebook, Twitter, any of it. I just don't have have the desire for it, or the time, or the energy, or any of it. So, the idea that there are people living in digital relationships, to me, it's not surprising, it's just not something that's appealing, nor something that, because of my life, uh, that I would ever be immersed in. So, to think through the missteps and misunderstandings that digital media... Create, again, face-to-face interactions is the only interaction whereby I enjoy getting to know and becoming friends and acquaintances and more whatever with people. The digital space means nothing but pomp and circumstance. So, that's part of the reason that I don't edit any of this. That's part of the reason that I just blurt out whatever I'm thinking, because in this recording, I'm free to be as huh, as exposed as I need to be, for reasons that do not include getting liked on Facebook or being shared on Twitter. It doesn't have relevancy to me that there is an interpersonal judgment mechanism in play On something that hasn't been interpersonal on which to be judged. There's just no capacity on Facebook to be personal. The Dialogue that exists like this. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you can't integrate audio recordings and such on Facebook, yada, yada, whatever. All of what I'm trying to achieve here, Facebook is a framework that destroys. So, I don't feel there's any congruity with my life that social media supports. Rather, it's a distraction and a channeling of energy into positions of verticals I don't even want to play in. So getting rid of the impulse to be liked on social media never had to happen for me because I never had the impulse to be liked on social media. But having watched an entire generation grow up with the the context that it is to be public in the social media sphere. Fuck, man! I don't know how you get away from it. I don't. I don't know how you even have a life that's not dedicated to it. It's the scene on which things are now judged, or at least um, what presided through i don't even have the words to digest it our our culture is defined it's it it has so much texture of everyday life that to not participate as a 21st century entity is beyond the pale it's not even it's it's, it's unknowable there's no such thing The internet changed everything. And in some ways, it changed it forever toward the individual and the digital forever marrying to become an isolated system of not good enough. Well, having plenty of not good enough in my life. Wow, was that a long diatribe about down, trodden, effective social media. No, I just face to face. Face to face context is the only context in which you're actually having a conversation in which you can determine what's going on. Anything else? The medium itself affects both the context in which the discussion can be uh, can be held and the uh, interpretation and vibe of the conversation both sent and received by both by participants and digital video conversations none of that stuff makes a difference face to face the energy levels are direct anything else the energy levels are interpreted and reinterpreted sent through an electronic line and then somehow presented as the real me well the real me has cotton mouth, so why don't I go get something to drink? I'll be right back. Unpause. Well, I mean yeah, whatever. That's a little generous given that I uh, what time is it? Four twenty three? Four two three. Here on five ten two three. So now that you've got the space-time continuum coordinates correct, what uh I was going to mention that uh, uh coming off my experience at Home Depot, I was hoping that I had made three really good friends eh, It turns out i 've only made two and maybe only one, but I did make one really good friend for sure, um, and I think two, but I definitely didn't make three so um I wanted to bring that up because that is pertinent to uh what I will be doing. Next month. So, note to self. All right. Um, Why did I break down thinking of humanity's heroism as well as humanity's... uh, Well, I don't know if I broke down because of the inequity in our criminal justice system, but I don't think that was it. I think it was more... I broke down thinking of the potential mist... Uh, in my life to step up and take charge of something um, for fear that I might fail. And this is a theme, not as specific. So the idea of stepping up on an open mic night uh, was always something that was way too prone to failure to uh, be an option. So as I started to conceive... Of this list, um, obviously, many of those career choices would still somewhat be available. And the top one was obviously still available. And so as I got to processing the final two selections, well, I did think a little bit about how much potential has been just given away to the fear of the ridicule of others or the the, uh, negative reaction of the community at large. I don't even know. It's just a point of hamstringing you into not trying something different and continually doing the thing that you're most comfortable with. So, having found that I am not comfortable doing anything anymore, well, I'm going to try to... See if I can't make people laugh from on stage. And the worst of this is, I'm at my funniest in conversation when I can react to other people's actions. So the constructed comedy joke has always been something I've been reluctant to try and master, or even attempt. Um, Because... Let's say that you are using I Never Get the Trash Out on Time as your punchline. Well, there are three or four different ways to get to that. Um, And so to me, it was always a matter of what's really funny is what's funny and clever in real time. Not what's funny and clever in construct or in theme or pun or whatever other comedic element might be in play. So, coming up with a way to be interactive with the audience works to a certain level, but then depends on a lot of interaction with the audience going the way you predict it to, or on your dynamic ability to take all comers and roll with the punches. Having never done this before, I'm going to say that options 2, 3, and 4, or however many there were there, are all out. So instead, I'm going with the pedestrian comedic form of lists. The lazy comic. The laziest form of comedy there is. The lists. The things you should know that make me suck. Um, yeah, that list of comedy elements. While, yes, there can be some meta comedy involved here. Maybe I have a list that's self-referential to the circumstance, and maybe that'll be funny. But it's still lazy comedy. So when I go to this open mic night tonight, I really hope to find some level of, um, of joke construction to study. Some level of method of, uh, of timing and, and arrival at punchline to review. I'm literally going to this open mic night to take notes like I'm studying a lecturer for their effectiveness. How silly is that? And yet, I feel like if I don't at least try, in some ways, to <clears throat> what, categorize the elements necessary to create funny material, well then, I won't have given myself the best chance to Go on stage with something that's actually fun. A plus B oftentimes equals AB. Um, And yet, the reason I won't look any of this shit up online is because I don't want to be sitting there in some queue of the same advice slash um, interpretation that everybody else has. Like, just go figure it out on your own, right? It's not that hard. This is comedy. This isn't rocket science. So that's my plan. And since I don't really have anyone to take with me, which would be annoying anyway, nobody would want to go do this. um, I'll be ferreting uh, this little enterprise on my own. um, And I've got another place to go to tomorrow and potentially another one on Friday. But I think Friday is going to be a little too popular for me to be gallivanting about. So um, to this week though, And um, I'm using this as time to seriously consider my options as a stand-up comedian. And yeah, anybody listening to this for the 316 episodes that got you to now certainly questions my sanity in this decision. I get that. But I also get that this is something I've always felt compelled to try if I ever had the cojones to try it without the fear of failure that comes with stage fright and everything else that has stacked up against me going on stage. So, if I don't do this at a point in life when I'm crazy enough to think I might succeed, well, I'll never learn how big a failure I am, right? Okay. So, and honestly, was that on the list? That might not have been, but that should have been probably. All right. Was that a good transition? Do I have anything else of value to say? Um... I don't think I do. Wait. Hang on. I better pause. We're, we're well into the morning, so it's still the 10th. That's good. Um, but it's maybe even almost 7. Yeah, 6.53. So the birds have been up chirping, and now they're out getting food, probably feeding the babies, and probably taking a nap at this point. So it's late. <clears throat> well, late. I mean, it's 6.53 in the morning. But I did get my dog's ears clean, plus... Some other clipping done, so that's good. And some other chores done as well. But now I'm back to finish this recording because of all the things I don't expect to do and have successfully navigated thus far is break into tears. But since the whole point of the episode was to discuss that which inspires the human condition to do just that, break into tears... Well, that was, shall we call it, the point of interest that got me on to record today. Well, no, we shouldn't. Because I don't know that this is a point of interest. In fact, I know that I kind of cheated on this list just to cram it into nine, which I have to admit, I'm not a fan of. But since I did it, i got to live with it. Um, And... I don't have uh, all the emotional experiences that can cause one to burst into tears in my repertoire that I know of. Maybe I do, Um, but it's just the kind of thing that I've always suppressed. So without having experiences throughout my life, I doubt that I've experienced enough to be able to name uh, all of them anyway. So this is my, my best guess. And I'm doing it in reverse order of the tears you would most, uh, no, the tears you would least want to experience all the way to the tears you would hope to most experience. So number nine is an obvious one, the tears of physical pain. So anytime somebody hits, uh, your hand with a hammer, uh, you potentially can burst out into tears of pain. Those tears to me are the worst. Um, And I'm not saying any of these first four categories aren't all equally um, stressful. Well, they aren't. But they are at least the negative side of having the emotional reaction of tears. Now, can physical pain cause an emotional reaction? That's actually a pretty fair question. But I think you have to include the tears that come from physical pain because it is almost a guarantee at some level that you can't hold them back. So they are a natural condition of pain, is tears. So just like the next one is kind of weird because it has to get to a really high level before they really are there. But tears of fright or fear or distress, um, yeah, you can be so frightened that you can't help but burst into tears. Um, certainly. And, again, is this better or worse than physical pain? Well, hopefully someone was just playing a prank on you, so you uh, got scared from that guy jumping behind the couch. But, you know, if it's Blair Witch shit, then fuck, I don't know. Those are both bad. Um, so those are nine and eight. Number seven, I'm saying, well, this might be the worst of all, but still. Um... It's not accompanied by physical pain and, uh, well, bereavement, loss. Uh, About to experience this with my dog and my cat. Um, Yeah, what can you say? That one's tough. Those are awful. The only thing that makes it better is time. So that's why that came in at number seven, um, because time does make it better. And... Um, well, physical pain can be forever and fear, fright, whatever. I mean, fear to the nth degree and you're on your way to the next realm. So I don't know. These are, again, me just babbling. So who cares? Seven, bereavement loss. Six, tears of anxiety, tears of anguish, maybe tears of Um, just, um, too high-strung, too, uh, on edge, too many things going on at once, and oh, fucking, that kind of tear. Um, we've all seen people in overly stressed situations just lose their shit. Sometimes they do it in a verbal tirade of profanity-laced, uh, expletives, or... Sometimes they do it in a bout of tears bursting from their inner selves. Whatever it is, tears of anxiety uh, are a real thing. Mm. Number five. Here we get to a few more of the ones that are on the positive side. These are tears of empathy for another. In other words, seeing somebody perhaps... um, as a, as a uh, musical teacher, maybe you watch your uh, ensemble play uh, a piece of music perfectly for the first time and it brings tears to your eyes. Or um, watching your nephew graduate college and the accomplishment therein brings tears to your eyes. Um, empathy for another in a way that you're moved to tears can even happen in the animal world. I mean, it happens all the time in the animal world. So this is one that I think your humanity is special because this even exists. All right, number four. You can definitely have tears of pride. Um, <laughs> when the Broncos won the Super Bowl against the Packers, I definitely cried. Now, are those tears of pride? No, those are tears of Dumb shittery, but still, um, it was the feeling of accomplishment and swelling of um, of being at the top, the pride of a championship that had been so elusive uh, as a fan of that franchise. Um, I don't know. I mean, looking back on that, that's pathetic. But the tears of pride that you feel toward any sense of accomplishment. Uh, well, actually, I don't want to put that because I had separated tears of pride from a sense of accomplishment because tears of pride don't always include that. There was no accomplishment in what I felt on that day that the Broncos won the Super Bowl. I had done nothing. But I was proud of the achievement of being a Broncos fan for the first time at the end of the season ever. I, I don't know. This, These are fine, fine lines. Nuances I'm trying to draw here. Not really sure I worked this all out. So what was my other thought of pride? Oh, n- national pride. Um, even uh, school or, or whatever, college pride, university pride. Um, I think of pride as more, um, well, I mean, it can be individual, but pride is oftentimes swept up in group mentality. And that's what separated it from number three, which is accomplishment, because there's no question that you can have pride in being part of the Boston Red Sox nation as the Red Sox win three out of five World Series. There's a lot of pride in having taken that ride with them and watched them excel at that level, but you didn't accomplish anything. However... If you are any of the players on the team who made the same journey, well, then you did accomplish something. And the idea that there is pride shared between both uh, groups doesn't mean that both groups have equal uh, stake in the feeling of uh, accomplishment uh, gained, right? This is obvious stuff. But when you accomplish something that brings you to tears of... Um, of having gotten it done, crossing a marathon line, um, shooting under par in golf, um, uh, uh, jogging a mile, uh, for the first time, just any accomplishment that brings you to recognize that you've done something you had set out to do work to do and have now accomplished Well, those tears are earned. And frankly, I think we've all experienced them. Just like number two, we've all experienced tears of joy. And these obviously are getting close to the number one thing that if you're going to experience tears, you want. But tears of joy for, what, at a wedding, um, in some situation where uh, something phenomenal happens... Uh, You never know when tears of joy are going to burst into your scene, but when they do, they sure are phenomenal. So, tears of joy are about as good a feeling as the human condition offers. However, having experienced this recently, and having experienced it one other time, there is a state of being which is tears of ecstasy. And not drug ecstasy, although maybe, but I'm not counting drugs. No, these are natural states of being where you can get so aligned with the universe that your hum and vibration is a body-high experience that evokes tears of ecstasy across the the shivering, the shimmering, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is something I'm pursuing with great interest in trying to recreate. So should I get any sort of kumbaya Uh, method of getting to this level? Well, yeah, of course I'll tell you. But until then, assume that I'm still failing on finding my tears of ecstasy. Though settling for tears of joy is not really settling. That's also quite the ride of good comfort. All right. So which of these tears have I been crying lately? Good question. Unfortunately, not physical pain. Not fear, not bereavement or loss. Anxiety, for sure. Well, loss in a way. Um, Distress. So I guess, actually, anxiety, distress, and loss with accomplishment and pride and joy thrown in as well. I don't think empathy for another qualifies. So there you go. Um, Especially when it comes to my dog, that loss and... Um I suppose did I include enough of yeah anyway if tears are something that make you feel uh shameful then one of the biggest triggers to get out of that is to recognize how often tears manifest in non-shameful conditions and if you're pulled over on the side of the road and you're bawling in front of a police officer Well, those are stress tears. Those are anxiety tears. Those are, what, trying to get out of the ticket tears? I don't even know. But it's the kind of thing that if you're going through, it's not that unusual. And frankly, you can take that to the level of anything that causes you to burst out into tears. Whatever you're experiencing, it's not that unusual that you're bursting into tears, and other people would certainly be in the same circumstance doing the same thing. So... Swallowing this side of your emotional self, especially for men, is going to lead to a whole level of toxicity inside of you toward everything from women to uh, the economy to uh, whatever else they're doing to trigger you emotionally. You have to be able to release both the good and the bad side of whatever stress and anxiety is building inside of you. Through a tearful expression, it is a great way to reduce stress, almost as good as a back massage. Well, probably better, and uh, certainly nature's uh, way of addressing our most stressful moments, as well as our most uh, our most emphatic moments, whatever else comes along. This human ride that feels so great that makes us want to say, no, no, I'll stay, I'll stay. Even though it's, yeah, it's hard. It's been shitty and fucking it, it seems to be getting worse. But I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. Back massages, yeah, they're great. I mean, they're not as good as the as the tears of ecstasy. All right, where am I going with any of this? Oh, God. <sighs> well, at least I know what my worst recording is.